how I have missed that shitty, cheap intro music I got for free off some pirate site. I don't even know. It wasn't even a pirate site. But I got it. Uh, Miss that sound, man. Miss that music. That means fantasy season is back. Uh, That means I will be talking to myself in my bedroom again every week for the next, what, like, I don't know, man, like 22 weeks. I'm not mad about it. I'm cool with it. Um, At this point, when was our draft? The 20th, eh? So our draft was 15 days ago. Um, I've given it enough time where it's not even like that. It's just that I'm not like a complete skid mark anymore. And I actually have um, a job, like something, you know, it's not a lot, but it's something where I actually have to leave my house every once in a while. So it makes it a little more difficult to, you know, find a time once in a blue mood to talk to myself for an hour, even though I do that most of the day, but I'm just not recording myself doing it. Either way, as you can tell, I'm very high right now, (laughs) but either way, we're going to get into it. I'm very happy. The fantasy season is back. I think everyone's fired up. There were some fucking questionable decisions made at the draft as usual, which is why we love it, right? And yeah, I mean, I think the most important part for me right off the rip is we had to move the draft up five days this year. I mean, most likely seven. (coughs) I believe we would have done it on August 27th this year instead of the 25th. (coughs) Yeah, that one, that last fucking hit didn't sit too right, boys. Like, my throat's on fire. But... Yeah, Uh, main concern was people were going to get fucked with injuries just because of what happened last year. And I mean, pretty much every year, right? But thankfully, we were good, actually. Um, We even got the Sean Watson ruling before the draft, which I didn't think was going to happen. I mean, I think we did, right? And nobody got like any injuries. Like the only thing that happened, but it would have happened after we did our draft, was Brian Robinson got shot. Sorry to hear that, B-Rob. We hope you get better, my man. Um, They're thinking he's going to be back by mid-season, which would be not good for Nowler, but great for B-Rob, great for everyone in that situation. Um, And it said attempted carjacking. Not successful. So I'm guessing B-Rob held this motherfucker off with two bullets in his fucking leg, which is the most nails thing. And like BG said, this guy's going to come out to many men. (laughs) <laughs> on his fucking debut because that that's pretty damn iconic but this uh episode is going to be a little different than the usual um starting episodes i usually would go through best running backs best wide receivers best qbs the whole nine but um i'm not gonna lie this year <clears throat> i know we say it every year but this year i, I just uh, I don't want to put a target on my back by ranking someone who I think could have, like, the fourth best receivers. But it's all so close that it's, like, I got them ranked at, like, the eighth. Just because I can't make that choice. It's too hard on me. And I'm going to go through the team separately. Every twelve, every team, I'm going to go through it separately. Uh, just give some thoughts on the team. And um, then I'll do my rankings for best teams. <clears throat> Christ, come on. But other than that. Uh, I'm not going to go through every position just because it's too hard. But it's like my horn, and you know it.
freaking hop right into it. There's no point to sit around here and waste any more time. Um, this is in no particular order that I'm going to be looking at these teams. I'm just going to look at them in the order they come up in standings. So first will be double champ. And if Moose can win three before I win one, oh, fuck, man. I don't know. That may be pretty fucking pissed, I think. Uh, Dak Prescott and Derek Carr. I mean, I consider Derek Carr a fringe QB1 this year, like a low-end one, but I still think you would be able to get away with him as a QB1. And um, Dak Prescott, I mean... Yeah, he's obviously a QB1 too, so Moose has strong QBs. Um, There wasn't really anything I would worry about besides they both kind of have like opposite storylines coming into this season. Um, Dak losing his arguable, I'd say you could could say Amari was his wide receiver one. I mean, CD was kind of becoming it either way, but uh, Amari... You know, he lost Amari, and on the other hand, Derek Carr's gaining a new wide receiver one in Devontae Adams, somebody who's already played with in his football career. Uh, I expect that to be one of the best stacks, if, but obviously not either owner has the other, you know what I mean? Like, Sandy has Devontae, but he doesn't have Derek Carr. Moose doesn't have Devontae Adams, but <clears throat> there's a few stacks that I think are going to be crazy this year to own, and that is one of them. Um put it up there with like a Rodgers Devontae Adams stack I really don't have it that much different than that I I could see it being very similar but uh his running backs Dalvin Cook's obviously a running back one in our league Kareem Hunt I would call a low two very very high three if you can get away with Kareem Hunt as your RB3 that's to me like jizz worthy it's not bad to have him as an rb2 i still think that's fine damian harris he's in a 50 50 committee but you know what man we're getting to a point in fantasy where if you have a running back who's in a fucking share with one other running back you're like it's not even that bad anymore it used to be something we wanted to avoid a committee two running backs gross the league is just evolving so much to a point where now it's like three, four running backs. You just want to, like, like, you know what I mean? Like, look at something like Miami. Uh, I'm not saying Gaskin's actually going to get touches and stuff, but when they had Sony Michelle and we were looking at it, like, man, like, what the hell is that? And then there's all these, like, just stupid-ass situations where you just wouldn't even remotely want to be, like, anywhere near it. Another one I think that could be very messy is Atlanta. Uh, I think that all three of those guys, CPAT, wherever, however they want to use him, Algier and Damian Williams, I think that could get messy. I think that, like, this isn't just because I traded him, but there's just, like, something about, it's not even a committee, it's only two guys, so fuck that, that doesn't make sense. But I still think that DeMont and Khalil Herbert will be a little, mo- not like a timeshare, DeMont will dominate the touches, but you're definitely going to see more Herbert than you, you thought, I think. Um, and I'm not worried about Mike Boone, <clears throat> Nax relieved, but I still picked him up just because I still think if something happens to Melvin or Javante, then Mike Boone is fantasy relevant. But, you know, like, I don't know. I, I think there's just a lot more people who are comfortable just go like, fuck it. Another one, like, sorry, I'm rambling, but Washington, that's another one I would want to avoid because they have McKissick, B-Rob and Gabby. However, they're going to end up using Gabby, whatever, but like. You know what I mean? Like, situations like that where you're like, hey, I don't want anything to do with that. Another one. The fucking Raiders. Josh Jacobs, Amir Abdullah, 
and Zamir White. I don't want anything to do with that. There's those ones now that they have three guys. I'm out on the Patriots. As far as I'm concerned, we have to see how Ty Montgomery is used. This is still a two-man committee to me. This is still Damian Harris. This is Ramondre Stevenson. I don't know how I would imagine Damian Harris is going to be in the trenches. Ramondre is going to be receiving back. But I don't know how Ty Montgomery gets involved in this yet. So that I'm going to hold off on. I think that's still a very fine RB3. Damian Harris, very good RB3. Just because I'm completely fine with that, those two RB committees to an extent now. Um, Mike Williams, I wouldn't call him Moose's wide receiver one. I would consider it more to be C.D. Lamb. Just this year, I like C.D. more with Amari's departure. Uh, Mike Williams being a wide receiver two is just fucked. Like, like he's a low wide receiver one in my opinion. So like to have him at wide receiver two is pretty crazy. And that could even be, he could even be a mid-wide receiver one. I'm being probably fucking on him because he's a charger. Amonra St. Brown as a wide receiver three is really good. Um, that is a guy, however, I'm out on. And it's, I'm not going to sit here and bash him because there's a lot of good things you can ramble on about Amonra St. Brown. He's talented. Jared Goff does have his trust. But, <clears throat> sorry, not even like that. Other way around. Amonra has Jared Goff's trust. And... It's just he was that wide receiver too in that last stretch, but like it's just I don't think mentioned enough how that team was beat up offensively and all their short game guys like where Amonra shined, all those guys were hurt. TJ Hawkinson was out, DeAndre Swift was out, and then you see Amonra St. Brown skyrocket. That's just my concern with that. I do still think that he can be good, but I also think it could become limited with the return of Jameson Williams, the addition of DJ Chark, the return of DeAndre Swift and TJ Hawkinson. I think all these things kind of will add up. Not make him. I know Moose didn't draft him thinking he's going to be that wide receiver two in the league. No, but I still think that it can definitely hurt him fantasy wise. So it's just something to keep an eye on. But still overall good. Then he has Darren Waller, who's an unbelievable tight end, a top you know four or five tight end in the league. Just basically a fucking receiving threat. Um, Kadarius Tony was Moose's keeper, who I still think could actually be good. I just am very concerned because early in his career, he's been banged up early and often. And I, when he's on the field, he's good, but you just need to keep him on the field. And, like, it's also how confident I am. I'm, and Daniel Jones could be another thing, too. And I don't know, but... It's overall, if he's playing and he's healthy, that's a great flex. I don't have a problem with that. J.D. McKissick, same thing. Obviously, I said I don't want a piece of those <clears throat> um, three-piece backfields, but those three-piece Minnesota fucking backfields, but I'm not, I'm not opposed to it completely. So, you know what? Like, if it's going to be a flex or your second flex and you still have, like, decent handcuffs behind it like okay moose actually does have decent handcuffs behind and looking at his bench now like hassan haskins is a really good one uh boston scott is another one i like Dontrell hilliard like he has both the tennessee ones so that could be pretty big moose has damn depth on him man wow i haven't looked at his bench i'm gonna be honest so now that i've kind of went through the starting lineup yeah to have on your bench van jefferson tyler boyd devin duvernay i actually think could be pretty good this year too cedric wilson Isaiah McKenzie, Boston Scott. Don't, yeah, it's a very nice bench. I wouldn't be surprised if Moose takes the usual, I'm not going to make any fucking trades and I don't give a fuck what you say type of route. Or, you know, I don't need to make trades unless I need to because he's just got depth to take care of his team and overall the lineup's not that bad. Like, I think he can definitely be pushing 
for like he'll be in the playoffs, but I think it'll be like as of right now, looking at like that sixth ish seed. But he's got a comfortable team where like he doesn't have to worry about a lot just because of the depth. Like that's really good depth. All right, Moose, there you go. I'm done jerking. Next, we got Benny. Um, right off the rip, you got Pat Mahomes. Uh, that's crazy. He was a QB2 last year. On top of that, Matt Ryan being in Indianapolis, I think, is almost, to some people, they're thinking it's it's kind of, I don't know, They, I've seen his projections just be a little too low. Matt Ryan, I think, hasn't declined that much from last year, and I don't think just watching him last year that it was that he was at that level yet where he's just this bad, where his projections are this low. Like, yeah, he wasn't um, <clears throat> MVP Matt Ryan by any means, but I think being in a backfield, being in an offense with a guy like that in your backfield, Jonathan Taylor, also having a receiving threat like Naeem Hines, a much different kind of approach on offense than what they had last year. And I think it could almost just, I don't know, Carson Wentz can succeed in a, in a Frank Reich scheme. Think that Matt Ryan should be able to. So, I like his QBs. I think that he'll get away with those. <clears throat> but then the running backs he has, Zeke and Saquon, to have that follow you with the your one-two turns, you can't go wrong there. I don't think. And then Devin Singletary, who, if I had to pick one of the running backs in Buffalo, who I think is going to still get the most touches this year, I'm still taking Devin Singletary. I just think he was like, if he's going to be a free agent after the year, why not run him into the ground? It's a contract year technically for him. Another reason why you should maybe try to buy into him if he's going to be trying to play for a contract in free agency because you maybe have to assume that he thinks this is maybe his audition for free agency this year if James Cook is going to be brought along to take over. Um, and just him down the stretch last year was incredible. And it's not like Zach Moss wasn't there and they also like you know had fucking Duke. So it's like Duke obviously got cut now, but... And then replaced with Zach, um, James Cook, but <clears throat> obviously much more of a threat. But still, like, he, whenever Singletary, he doesn't need the ball very much to make an impact. He's just a very explosive runner who can just burst off 20, 25-plus yard runs. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm fine with that as an RB3 to me. And especially when you have Debo, who's probably going to be playing like a fucking running back. Oh, shit. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. And then you have Keenan Allen at wide receiver two, which is... <clears throat> just nuts. And then Renfro is definitely a wide receiver three. I mean, the guy was fucking wide receiver 18 last year. And even with the addition of Devontae Adams, Renfro is still going to be a task and still has the trust, trust of Derek Carr. And there's no way they're not going to, you know, get him onto the field as much as possible. So, yeah, I still think he's very fucking fantasy relevant. and He's definitely a wide receiver three, I'd say. And then Travis Kelsey, probably one of the best assets to have in fantasy, period. Uh, especially with the loss of Tyreek Hill. You obviously have to think that Kelsey immediately becomes very likely to get more targets. I know they brought in Sky Moore, Juju, and they're doing their best with Marquez. to tr- All the scantling that they're trying to maybe get more weapons overall. But I don't think that's going to be enough to take away from Kelsey as production wise like that's still a crazy play uh still probably gonna be a top two tight end so there's no way around that and then the the flexes are where it probably kind of dips down to a spot where benny wouldn't 
like them as much, but I still would expect George Pickens to slide into his flex eventually because I think he's going to actually be a baller. And I mean, Jarvis Landry, we're yet to see how the Saints use him, but who's to say that he doesn't actually perform, you know, really well, and then you could play him as a flex. Uh, and Robbie Anderson and Jacoby Myers, I mean, Jacoby's probably still, like, what, wide receiver two now with Devontae Parker there, I'd say. And <clears throat> Robbie Anderson has a baker who's probably a better deep ball thrower than Sam Darnold, and we'll have to see how that kind of works out, but... I think he has options to replace either of those guys if something were to happen. Even Curtis Samuel, like, he's back now and he's 100%. He doesn't have that groin injury nagging him throughout last year like he did, so it'll kind of be interesting because they did pay him last offseason, so I kind of want to see how they use him. But, yeah, overall, Benny's got a fucking strong-ass team. I'd definitely say that for sure. I mean, I don't really think that there's much I would change if I was him. The one decision he had to make at the draft was... uh, Daryl Henderson or Pickens and he went with Pickens I don't really think either way it would have mattered much to the outlook of the team need a fucking drink Christ next we got Knack and obviously Knack would be the first to tell you QBs are nothing to write home about but I'm not going to sit here and just completely shit on them and say they're going to be completely irrelevant fantasy because there's no way. Um, I'm not a fan of uh, exactly Baker's fit in Carolina, but he's still a new, I don't know. Ba- there's something intriguing about Baker with like a chip on his shoulder type of deal that he's almost out trying to fucking, as gay as it sounds, prove the fucking Browns wrong, whatnot. I don't know. You know me. I'm a Baker enjoyer, jerker offer, and... If you're going to ever have a chance to pick Baker, it's going to be when he has his back against the wall and has something to prove. So I think he could actually be sneaky, but I'm not going to go out there and say, oh, he's a great play. But he could definitely do stuff for you. And then Trevor Lawrence has sneaky legs, man. So QB 18 last year, I, I don't see how it gets worse, put it that way. And there's nothing wrong with QB 18. I don't see, You can get away with it. Especially when you got running backs like Knack does with Austin Eckler, Javante Williams, and Cam Akers. Yeah, that's probably borderline the best running backs in the league, so it's pretty fucked. Um, I think he was very surprised when Eckler fell to him. But there's nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with it. I would, it was just preference of Najee Harris. Either way, I wouldn't say you can go wrong with that. But then the other play that you have to look at is Cam Akers, how things will go with him, um, how he looks after an offseason of, you know, being healthy and not having to come off an Achilles tear, a lot of things like that from his return at the end of last year where he did look kind of disappointing. I think that he could definitely bounce back. Then your receivers with uh, Tyreek Hill, uh, Allen Robinson, and we saw like what Robert Woods could do with his target there so I don't really doubt Allen Robinson's ability has completely diminished it was probably more of just whatever the hell the Bears were and I mean I think that the Rams have shown they can kind of like bring the most out of any player so I mean I would say there's been a lot of talk of A-Rob but I think his ceiling is a, is a top 12 wide receiver I've heard that being said and I don't think it's like I can definitely see it being a ceiling but I mean the floor could be pretty rough too and I think it just kind of depends on what you get but there's just a thing that the Rams kind of do in that offense where it's just extremely exciting and A-Rob could definitely return somewhat to form 
But then you have guys like Tyreek Hill and Michael Thomas who, depending on the situation, this is the thing. Tyreek is a wide receiver one. But it is not impossible that, who knows, he comes into the game and it's just not the same on the on Miami as it was with the Chiefs. And he doesn't put up the same numbers. Puts up a little less. It's not impossible. But it's also not impossible that they bring him in and just fucking use the shit out of him as much as possible. And he's just a complete, like, chess piece. Like he was in, in Kansas City. So... That one, I'm kind of just going to have to wait and see how they use them because they have Jalen Waddle too, who's a very similar player. And it's just a lot of speed on that offense as a whole. But Michael Thomas is a guy who I was a little scared of a fucking hammy injury and I chickened out on. And I think if Michael Thomas does play this year and he's healthy, like the last time we saw him fantasy-wise, he was, he was a hack. Obviously, he's a headache, yes. But next out with it before. So you know what? He... Bring the PTSD back and take another fucking run at it. Why not? Who cares? But I do think if Michael Thomas plays this year, I think them having more targets is better for Michael Thomas. I I think it's been brought, like, they brought in Jarvis. They brought in Olave. Man, when Michael Thomas was getting double teamed, when he was slant boy, all this shit, like, I'm trying to remember the wide receiver two on the Saints, and it's not even coming to my head right now. Like, I'm thinking very hard. Maybe that one year they brought in Emmanuel Sanders. He was okay. And I think Michael Thomas might have been banged up that year, maybe even. And then who was before that? Like, I'm trying to think. Like, Traquan Smith, was he wide receiver? No. Man. I could just be really dumb right now and forgetting, but, like, I think that kind of... Like, they've never had more targets. It's never been easier for Michael Thomas to... You can't just focus on Michael Thomas now. Put it that way. He's coming off all the two years of being injured, pretty much. And now you have a guy like Olave and Jarvis Lander. There's no way you can focus on Michael Thomas. And I think that's a good thing. In my opinion, that's a good thing. If they were going to still be able to lock in on Michael Thomas when he was... If they didn't have any other receivers and it was just Michael Thomas and you could lock in on Michael Thomas, you could do whatever you wanted to help eliminate him from the game, even maybe sometimes double-team him, Coming two years off of injury, I wouldn't want a piece of it. But the fact that he can just be another receiver on an offense and not have to carry the load, I think that's kind of dangerous for other defenses. And I don't know. That's why I was kind of big on him. Like, I had an option when I traded with Truns to go MT or Cooper. And yes, the injury was there, but I I kind of just took the gamble with MT because if he was going to play, I, I'm pretty confident in him. But then when you go down to the flexes, you have Mostert. I don't think it will be Mostert week one. Maybe he is going to play him, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's Ayuk. And Gabe Davis is obviously someone I think could literally be as high as a wide receiver too this year. So that's going to be one to keep an eye out on for. And his bench is not that bad. Like he has Ayuk, which could basically be Mostert. Um... And then you have guys like Danny Gray. I don't know why his projection is so low. I think eventually he's going to take over as that wide receiver three. Uh, I've seen Isaiah Likely is the third receiving target in Baltimore. I read that today. Gaskin beat out Sony Michelle. Who knows what the hell happens there, but it's not terrible. If something happens to those other two running backs, Gaskin is fantasy relevant. Garrett Wilson's a guy I'm big on. He has Jameson Williams. He has Amir Abdullah, who I think's projection is too low. Yeah, he has a depth. He has a solid team. I mean, I think the only thing he would want to trade is his QBs, but why not ride it out for a 
you know, a couple weeks at least and see how, how it looks. But yeah, overall, it's a fucking strong-ass team. But then you move to the dinky-doo-doo, slinky-poo-poo, tranky-doo-you. No, that you have a good team, brother. Yeah, no, like, fuck. Christ. When I traded him, Demont didn't do anyone else favors, I guess. But, yeah, Stafford and Kirk, obviously both top 12 quarterbacks. Can't go wrong there. Um, Stafford, just keep an eye on the fucking elbow this year, eh? But uh, we'll see how that goes. Kirk, I would imagine, even gets better this year in that system. Um, just how I kind of see it. The way that Stafford was always, like, good, but, like, he just kind of got elevated to another level when he was playing in McVay's system. So I would imagine the same for Kirk Cousins, especially they have targets there, right? It's a very similar type of fucking show. It's like, I wouldn't even fucking say that, like, in comparison wise like yeah and you know what man it's pretty damn similar they got a white wide receiver like Coop and Thielen then they got a dark one and then they got one that's just like kind of younger who you really at least at this point for KJ Osborne it's not that crazy but decent someone like Van Jefferson so and then Allen Robinson could even fucking be like Jefferson look at that holy fuck Kirk's going to be Stafford, confirmed. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, don't need to say much there. Uh, Aaron Jones, crazy. Demont, like to have those as your top three running backs, that might be the best in the league for sure, I think. Then you got A.J. Brown, Juju Smith, Adam Thielen. I don't know why Thielen's value was so low. Trent stole him right in front of me. I was very upset. Uh, and then Melvin Gordon and Amari Cooper at flex. This team is stacked. Like, I'm not going to sit here and jerk the kid any longer than that. But the part that really fucking is concerning is then you go look at his bench, and his bench is just, like, what the hell? Marlon Mack should get signed by somewhere eventually. So he should be, like, eventually at least a good handcuff. Marquez Valdez-Scantling is a great flex piece. Like, honestly, you could probably play him at flex to start the year and see how it goes just because... Probably at the very least wide receiver three there. And in an offense like that, like where they don't have a clear cut fucking guy who I think is besides Kelsey, like the wide receiver position is up for grabs. Juju's good, but if something happens to him, at least Trent's is Marquez too, right? So it's either way almost like a fucking he's a startable player, but he's also like a handcuff, which is unreal. DJ Chark, I'm huge on this year. Wandell Robinson, I'm absolutely huge on. I think this guy is going to fucking blow up. I think he might even be one of the fucking best picks of the draft. I wouldn't be surprised if he could become a keeper. Like, I literally, he's that shifty. He's very much so reminds me of just Tyreek Hill. I mean, it's just a stupid comparison because it gets thrown around so much now. But, yeah, like... Man, just the way that he was fucking used at Kentucky. I, I was pretty much just watching a Will Levis fucking highlight tape. But just, it was a lot of Wondell Robinson, like, making just insane plays. And I was like, what the fuck is this? This guy's fucked. And they drafted him in fucking pretty early in the draft. I mean, I think he's going to be good. Eventually. Um, and then Gerald Everett, like, the tight end that is really not being talked about, but is the starting tight end on the Chargers, which is a high-octane passing offense, which you can't go wrong. Jared Cook was even good there, so, like, nothing against him, but Gerald Everett is a very similar type of tight end who should be able to make stuff happen. KJ Hamler, a sneaky player. Darius Slayton. Thought he was going to get traded, but unfortunately not. 
Then Irv. Slinky loves the Irv. Yeah, Trunz's team is stacked. Then you got Neller. Um, the QBs are weak. I won't lie. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Tannehill or Tua. Sorry, Clark. But just fantasy-wise, I mean, who knows? He could get unlocked, but just going into the year, I don't know if I would want Tua as my QB1. I think, or I guess Tannehill would technically be it, yeah. But it's not the worst. Like, it's like you could go out there with fucking one QB, right? Neller's running backs as of right now are very, very strong. Uh, Gibson, while B-Rob is out, should be able to hold on to that job and should be able to get very majority of the touches, like... Pretty much like last year, and there was nothing wrong with it. It was mainly them bringing Brian Robinson in that scared me away from that entire situation. But then you have James Conner and DeAndre Swift, who are both fucking RB1s. So that's pretty fucking good. I wouldn't be mad at that at all. Um, The wide receivers, in my opinion, is where it probably takes a bit of a hit. It's not just me being a hater because I want Judy. But like, if Judy is, well, it was picked to be his wide receiver one. That's just not something I completely trust. I would have had to have seen a little bit of it before. But who knows? We, we could be three weeks into the year and, and Judy could be wide receiver five. It's not a like, complete far-fetched fucking thing. We've seen Russ be able to support multiple wide receivers in fantasy. And that is being in a run-heavy offense. The fact that me jerking my Broncos now. But like the fact that Hackett wants to let Russ cook is fucking... Like, he actually, like, he genuinely said to George Payton, go out and get me a QB because, like, I'm going to be throwing the fucking ball. Like, I need a fucking guy. And you know what, man? I'm all in on that, but I just have to see it with Judy first. I just have to see it. Hollywood Brown, though, literally could be a wide receiver one, too, because fuck. Tyler loves him. He's a fucking unreal deep ball threat. And, like, he just fucking has to stay healthy. That's the thing with Hollywood. Drake London right now. He's questionable. What happened to Drake London? Knee. Oh, he hurt his knee in that preseason. Right. He's supposed to be back, though. Um, I think that he is definitely a stud. I think he is not your typical USC. You know what? Fuck that typical USC, man. Michael Pittman is a stud, and he came out of... Like, that's, that's my fucking comparison pretty much right there for Drake London. Like, people compare him to J.J. Ortega White. No, it's not. He's fucking... If you're going to compare him to a guy, it's Michael Pittman. So if you're going to look at it that way, that's fucking good. And then T.J. Hawkinson is back, which is very good for the Lions. Um, Before he fucking missed time last year, he was definitely getting consistent points at tight end. And Chase Edmonds at flex and Chase Claypool. He's got the chases at flex. I mean, he's probably going to be chasing points all year with them boys at fucking flex. But No, I'm kidding. That's good. And then, I mean, Neller's bench, it's just kind of fucking... <laughs> I told the guy, like, why are we going Arizona heavy again? You got Connor, Hollywood Brown, pretty much his entire defense. AJ Green, Keontae Ingram. He always says he's not going to do it, and then he does it. Uh, Kenyon Drake's projection is way too low right now. I wouldn't be surprised if he actually becomes playable early in the year. Uh, Russell Gage, when he heals up, will be good. And uh, I had a dream this morning that Chris Godwin got traded to... Uh, fuck, who was it? It, was, it wasn't somewhere very good. You know, I was pretty pissed. And then I was pissed because, like, Neller had Russell Gage and he was going to be gross. So what could happen? 
And uh, this guy, I guess we'll have to see how he be used. Because if he's going to be used where he gets the ball enough, that could become something. Like, I'm not worried about the 0.3 projection. I just don't think anyone knows how he's going to be used yet. And the Marky Ingram. Hey, he's Marky Ingram, man. What can you say? Now we move on to BG's team in the injured reserve. And Lamar, what else do you have to say? That is a fucking chess piece and a half to have on your team. Um, Daniel Jones is another guy who, like, time and time again, you say it, but, like, at the very least, sneaky athletic. I forget what happened to him at the fucking end of last year when he got shut down. I'm really trying to remember it now. It'll probably stay here. No, it says final six games due to injury. You know, that's weird. I don't know what it was. I, can't, I completely forget. But the guy can run. And there is a chance that he turns it around with that ball there. So I'm not opposed to that as a QB2, especially for where you get him. Like, fuck. Then you have Derrick Henry. Don't have to say much there. Very high RB1. Travis Etienne. That is definitely an RB2 in my books because I still think the Jags, like, if there's going to be a guy who's going to get the majority of work there, even with J-Rob healthy probably going to be etn just because i think you just have to accept the fact there's a connection with him and t-law and if they put him into the slot if they use him as a like he has way more ways you can use him than j-rob who's just a pretty much i'm not gonna call him a one-trick pony because he's actually not terrible catching out of the backfield but it's like etn just hasn't beat and it's not close like the burst like the whole nine and when we haven't seen James Robinson back yet. We don't know what he's going to look like. If J. Robs comes back and he's nowhere near the same player, this is at ETN's show. So, like, yeah, that is a great fucking keeper that he had. Um, Elijah Mitchell, personally, was a guy I was out on. But he would have been my... It's a very toss-up for me between Elijah Mitchell and Kareem Hunt. But right there where BG made that pick, it's kind of your preference. Can't really hate it. They're very close for me. I, I, I think I go Kareem Hunt just because, like, I just am always scared of San Fran's running back situation. I know when Elijah, Elijah Mitchell played, he got a lot of touches. He was good. That wasn't really the concern with me. It was more so, like, the fact that, and offensively as a whole, I don't really trust them running the ball with just the guys they have just always seems to me like there's a somewhat of a rotation. And Elijah Mitchell was banged up last year and was banged up going into this year. And, I mean, Kareem Hunt didn't miss time last year for sure. But, like, didn't he actually fucking blow out his... Am I just fucking remembering wrong now? Or did this motherfucker blow out his knee last year? I don't know. Moose has him, doesn't he? Oh, I think something happened with his fucking knee. I don't remember what it was, but he, he came back, I guess. I think he did something to his knee, man. He, something with his... I don't remember. Regardless, I don't have a thing wrong with it. Like, but it's just, like... It's his RB3, so that's mainly why it's not that big of a fucking deal. But I still think that, like, Elijah Mitchell could fucking make him bite my words and actually be gross. I was just a little scared because he was a little banged up in his career early on. Sometimes Sam Fran mixes it up that way. And with the Debo Samuel stuff plus Trey Lance, it kind of makes me wonder how much, uh, like, goal line work Elijah Mitchell will get and stuff, too. But, like, it just remains to be seen. 
And then obviously the receivers are fucking stacked to the fucking shits. There's not really much to say there. Mark Andrews is pretty much a wide receiver one in fantasy. Like, points-wise, like, the guy fucking put up 510 points last year. In comparison, I mean, fucking Jamar Chase put up fucking 588. Stephon Diggs put up 470. Like, Mark Andrews had more points than Stephon Diggs last year. They can't be discredited at all. And you have Lamar Jackson. In my opinion, that's that's my personal favorite stack in fantasy. I'm not going to say it's the best. But if I had a stack just for the pure joy, I mean, that they're fucking unreal. And the fact that they're so fun to watch, that would be it. No questions asked. Like, I would take Lamar and Andrews over Mahomes, Kelsey. No offense to Bruce. I would take them over Coop and Stafford. As dumb as it. Like, I don't care. Like, to me, it's just the stack I would want for enjoyment purposes. Slash, I... I'm not even fucking that concerned about the fact that, like, I wouldn't even put a pass that they are the number one stack at the end of this year. Like, there's so many good ones out there, but, like, I don't know. To me, enjoyment-wise, fun-wise, that one is just fuck. And it's, like, not like they don't put up points. I mean, they're probably, I had to guess, they have to be in the top five for points between a quarterback and a target last year. Like, they had to be. I don't see how they are. I mean, the only thing that they wouldn't be is because, like, Lamar was hurt for a few games at the end of the year but like yeah other than that but he had 95 points in a game like that's that's just not even like like what are we doing here and then Rondell Moore is a guy who fell fucking far in the draft who I was just hoping fell to me but it was very unlikely on that last fucking turn around the round but yeah that was a great pick and then Kenny Galladay I would say is probably the odd man out for Bodie right now and it's looking like Eventually, it will be like DeAndre Hopkins, which is why he probably doesn't have to worry about it that much. But like, it's probably more of a decision right now. Like, I think he was saying he's looking at James Cook, um, Randall Cobb, or Kenny G. And who knows, man? Like, what if James Cook just comes out and actually gets fucking work and looks really fucking good? Like, if James Cook gets. 10 points, like, I don't think Kenny G's gonna be fucking dropping, like, 40 bomb in week one, like, and you're gonna be like, oh, fuck, like, I think if he does have a really good game for Kenny G, it'll be, like, 21 points, like, a 60-yard game, and he'll be like, okay, I'm happy with that, but it's not, like, like, the upside's there with Cook, I, I just don't know if, like, a complete, like, he can boom, but I just don't know if that'll be the case with Kenny G. But either way, like, that's not, not like, and the fucking bench is really good. There's just so many guys that have a chance to, you know, become something that it's not really worrisome to me. Like, Will Fuller even still has to sign. DeAndre Hopkins is coming back. Alagier, Pacheco. Like, there's too many guys there where they can become fantasy relevant and be good. So, Brody's got a fucking solid team again. I'm sure he would probably like to go back and make a couple tweaks, but everybody would. But I think the one that he says he kicks himself the most over is James Cook. But even then, man, that's not not something. Like, I think Singletary is out in Buffalo no matter what this year. So that gives you a fucking unreal keeper right off the rip. Like, if you're going to have an RB1 in Buffalo next year who could even remotely be close to an RB1, like, nah, it's not a question. Like, that's a great... Thinking for the future, it was a great pick. Um, maybe right away he doesn't give you that fifth-rounder value, but... At the time, last year, nobody wanted to really 
take that risk on someone like Jamar Chase. Going back, would I have fucking loved to grab Jamar Chase in the fifth round? I would have fucking done it a million times over and over and over again. So there's a lot of things like that where BG's that guy who will take that risk. And judging by the way he plays in fantasy and does, it usually fucking works out for him. Like, the only way you're going to get BG not in the playoffs is if you just keep throwing him fucking injuries that he just can't keep up with. And it's just impossible. But it hasn't happened very often. Enough jizzing. Next, we move on to leg row. Um, Kyler Murray is a crazy QB1. Uh, very fun to watch. Very fucking point-friendly. Surprisingly, QB9 last year. I was, like, I know he missed a few. Yeah, he missed a few games. I thought he missed four games. It was three. But, uh, yeah, QB1. Uh, Wentz, that's Legs boy, so... Except when they play the Eagles now, you're going to be fired up. You're playing the Commanders on Sundays. Fuck. Then we got Najee Harris, A.J. Dillon, Rashad Penny, Tony Pollard as their running backs. I love it. Um, I think to have four running backs you can start and be confident in is pretty fucking nice in fantasy. It's rare, but, but good. And... I wouldn't even put it past Khalil Herbert to be fantasy relevant at some point. Um, I really hope Tonta Foreman isn't, but like at the same time, I, if they do want to keep C-Mac a little more fresh this year, I'm not even going to be surprised about that either. Um, Sky Moore, like your bench is fucking nice too. Like it really is, like in terms of guys who could become something. Kyle Phillips is a fucking guy who could definitely make some fucking noise. Alec Pierce. You like these white wide receivers, eh? Why don't you fucking have Cooper Cup? No, but DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney, and Devonta Smith are good wide receivers. Um, Kyle Pitts, I honestly think, has a very good chance to be a top fucking three tight end this year again. So I'm not really upset about that. And then you have someone like fucking Devontae Parker at Flex. But with all these options on the bench, that's a very fluid position that you kind of just will probably ride the hot hand. And it most likely will be Brian Robinson when it's back up to full speed. Legro's got a fucking squad. Like, the depth is there, and it's just all around solid. There's not, like, one position that's going to jump out at you. Like, he's got a good tight end. He has three fucking solid receivers. He has four solid running backs until Brian Robinson comes back. Then he has five. And he has a QB1. Like, there's not a lot of shit I would poke holes in on this team. And the depth is there, too. Congratulations, Tayo. Good team. Ramon Dre Day. We got uh, Furley's team here. And, I mean, fuck. Off the rip. Justin Fields gives me heavy Jalen Hurts last year vibes. Um, Justin Herbert is Justin Herbert. The only thing on this team that I look at that I'm not a big fucking fan of is just starting two Jets running backs. But it remains to be seen how they do, right? I'm just never big for starting two running backs on the same team. And, like, I mean, I, I wouldn't hate if I had Nick Chubb and then maybe I was playing Kareem Hunt at Flex. Like, okay, I, I could get away with that. But there's something about, like, Brees Hall and Michael Carter that I don't think they're on that level. But it could definitely work out. It could 100% work out. Who's to say it doesn't turn into a Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara? Who's to say Melvin Gordon and Javante Will? Like, you know what I mean? I just have to see it first. And then if it worked. But that's the thing, right? If you're going to be drafting and taking that risk, that's why it's a risk. You haven't seen it yet. But if it does happen, man, you're fucking set. Um, Ramondre Stevenson, I think, is honestly a good RB3. Like, I honestly think Brees Hall is a good RB2 as well. It's just the fact that, like, 
I wouldn't want to play Michael Carter at flex if I already have a Jets running back. But I understand why he's kind of in that situation where he doesn't really have a choice. Like, he really doesn't. The only other thing I would maybe switch on his team... I don't know, like... Honestly, I think he has the best possible starting lineup pot, like that he does right now. But, like, maybe John Dodson you could get away with for Mike Davis. Like, I don't know. I, I think Mike Davis gets a pretty decent role at the start of the year with Baltimore. Like, I think they get the ball. Like, he's got to be RB1 there right now, no? Because who the hell else would there be? Dobbins is out. Goss is out. I mean, I'm pretty sure for week one, at least, Dobbins is out. Like, if that's the case, I wouldn't be surprised if... Mike Davis' projection gets a pretty decent bump, and then Furley probably will play him. But even right now, I would just throw him in because, I don't know, I'm just, John Dotson is good. But there's McLaurin there. There's Curtis Samuel there. There's Logos Thomas. Logos. There's Logan Thomas there. There's J.D. McKissick there. There's guys there who can catch the ball. So it's not as bad as playing Mike Davis, who could be the main ball carrier running back-wise for Baltimore in Week 1, right? So in a run-heavy offense, Definitely something I would consider. But Furley did good, man. Like, I'm not even that opposed. Because when you look at these wide receivers, and you have T. Higgins, wide receiver one. You have Deontay Johnson, who's wide receiver one. Whoa. Okay. Wow. Wow. I was today years old when I found out Deontay Johnson was wide receiver eight last year. He was wide. He was a wide receiver eight. Pardon the fuck me. Have I been living under a rock? And he missed a game. All my days. Why didn't I pick him? <laughs> Holy fuck! What was I doing? Dumb fuck. Yeah, okay. That's a wide receiver one. There you go. And then Brandon Cooks is another guy who is a wide receiver two, but a very high one, I'd say, if not a low one but like the wide receivers are very strong two very high powered QBs I, th I mean I'm high on fields this year I think it'll be a lot better than last year but even look at the fucking stretch that he had like after he turned a corner man he had games with 32 points 61 points 44 48 41 that's Justin Fields that is not bad at all and he was a rookie on a lot fucking worse of a team I pretty much assuming right now that like the bears can definitely maybe take a little step forward i wouldn't imagine to take a bit but they can't be worse man like they were pretty fucking rough i mean then again they're <laughs> the bears dude and dallas goddard is definitely one of those tight ends that's in that range where you would take him and then there was definitely like i think after dalton schultz there was kind of a range where i was like okay i don't really care about a fucking qb and i'm a uh, tight end sorry and i'm not gonna pick one for a while um, but Goddard's one of those guys that you would definitely still have jumped on. Yeah, Furley's got a squad. Then we got the dog fuckers. This one, this one's interesting. I'll tell you that for free. Um, Josh Allen, man, I'm not going to knock it. We knew it was going to happen. He's QB1 last year. So how the hell? That to me is another thing, right? Just before we go in here, last year when Sandy took Josh Allen so early, everyone was like, what the hell? Why? Like, there's what? Josh Allen ended up being the QB1, and he ended up being probably one of the best fantasy assets, period. This is not me to say the zero RB strategy is going to work. 
But it's definitely got a pretty fucking good chance. I think that overall, though, Joe Burrow is another guy who's a QB1. So you have two QB1s. Your wide receivers are three wide receiver ones. Like, (laughs) he has the wide receiver one, three, and four from last year. That is, uh, yeah. That's that. And you know what, man? If I'm a Sandy, like, (laughs) I'm hitting up fucking BG, and I would try to probably make a deal for Diggs and Chase and maybe, like, swap two of your guys out or something. I don't know, but you would have a stack with both of your quarterbacks. To me, that would be fucking dangerous. Just a thought. Um, George Kittle's very strong, but the running backs, man. Now, I know what you were going for. We all know, and I respect it to the point it has never been tried before. Nobody's given that zero RB a, a thought. But it was brought up to me, and it was a very, very, very good point. And I think for one, one thing is that, like, not a lot of guys can afford to trade a running back but not get one back. And in the case of Sandy's going to be, you know, trying to build his running backs, how is it going to be possible if somebody's going to need a running back back? Like, he's going to have to give Miles Sanders away and then get a running back to replace Miles Sanders, but he'll still, you know what I mean? Like, guys usually need an equal amount of running backs going both ways. Um, zero RB is a thing that's, you know, like a good thing that was mentioned was it's it's meant for leagues where people are playing with maybe two running back positions and one flex. And there's a chance that you can get A.J. Dillon or somebody like that. That was, this is what Nack said. He said his words. Don't throw him one of the best saying things. Be like, oh, fucking Nack hates me. No, well, it was a very good point. Zero RB strategy is made for when you can get guys like A.J. Dillon in the sixth round. And you can go those first five rounds and not have to worry. You could still get a half-decent guy and plug him in. And then you only need one other running back. Our league, you need three. And in our, in our league, people aren't just giving them out like fucking, you know what I mean? Like free candy. Like it's just not something you get. It doesn't grow on trees. If you get one on waiver wire, it's like waking up on Christmas and seeing a fucking Bugatti, like Andrew Tate shit in your front fucking yard. Like it's amazing. It's very rare, but it is a fucking awesome feeling when it happens because you know you just hit the fucking mother load. Not only is it amazing trade fucking value slash bait, it is fantasy relevant to the max where you can even play it and get fucking good points. I understand that there's a very good chance that Josh Allen or Cooper Cup, like these guys can win Sandy waiver wire and help him that way. But it's a very, very bold way to go of getting your running backs because if that doesn't happen, I don't see how Sandy's getting running backs unless he's getting ripped off in deals. That is where my problem is with it, but it hasn't been tried yet. So I can sit here and, 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 and just try to point out the pros and cons of it. The pro is he has probably the most dangerous team besides running backs out there. And who is to say that, like, for example, Cooper Cup has projected 31 points, right? Cooper Cup had a more than 31 points. A lot last year. More than half of his games were over 31 points. 
if Cooper Cup has given you 45, that extra 15 points he gave you could supplement for an Alexander Madison going. You know what I mean? But it's just not always going to work. And it's way more safer to have at least two running backs. If Sandy would have had Miles Sanders and then another guy and then his RB3 was Jamal Williams, whatever. You know what? There have been people with very shitty RB3s in this league. But it is very bold to go with one running back. Very bold. I wish Sandy the best. But there's a good chance he could be playing me in the toilet bowl this year. Now we move on to my team. I'm not going to sit here and do a lot of jerking. We're running through it quick. Let's ride. Broncos country. You know I had to get ripped off for him. I already jerked off to him earlier in this fucking podcast. But I do think he's going to get unleashed. He is going to be the cook this year. Not Dalvin type of chef, but he hitting ladies and shit and all. He's going to be fucking playing good football, cooking up that way. He ain't going to be hitting chicks with a broomstick and none of that. Different chef and cook. You don't get it mixed up. Tom Brady was somebody I really wanted just because I had Godwin. That was about, like, I know he's been a cat for a long time and constant years, but it wasn't even that. I kind of just wanted my two QBs to have stacks with receivers on my team, and that was really what pushed me to do it. But I got ripped in that deal, too. 0 for 2. Uh, C-Mac, whatever, he's good. If he stays healthy, if he gets hurt, we are... I'm, you can't cry, right? You can't sit there and say, I got a fucking boo-boo after somebody told you not to go fucking jump off the fucking roof and you did it three times. You can't sit there and cry, right? So I'm, it'll suck. It most likely can happen, but we just have to clench the ass cheeks and hope, right? It was at the time, I think, probably the best play we could have made. Damian Pierce, I'm very high on, and there was a couple of people... I didn't have any faith he was going to make it around to me. Thankfully, I found out that he wasn't going to make it around to me, so I'm not that mad at the pick. I, I, I made that out anymore. It turns out it's looking okay at the start. Um, definitely, I'm aware that it was a reach no matter what, but I think in our league, it's a type of reach that I'm okay making, and I just had to do it. Uh, receiver-wise, we got Godwin, McLaurin, and Sutton. Those are three guys that I very much like think they can all actually be good definitely a risk with godwin in the acl recovery but we'll have to see if the guy performs even remotely like he was man i'm okay it's chris godwin like he's not like the fucking guy is just falling off a fucking cliff and he's also like fucking 26 years old man like this isn't like he's coming off a torn acl at the age of 30 31 it'd be a little more concerning still consider him to be in his prime i don't know I like Chris Godwin. He's a good guy. He has a very cheeky grin on him. Uh, tight end, like, let's not talk about it. That was very disgusting. We have Hayden Hurst in there right now, but that's probably going to be bounced every week. And uh, then the flex is uh, James Robinson probably won't play week one, uh, but just kind of hoping he can come back somewhat to form, and then you have another running back to play with. And then Tyler Lockett. We got ripped off in that field too. Well, I mean, we're over for 4 in deals, but we're going to keep it that way for a bit. So don't hit me up after this shit, I'm being honest. And then the bench is kind of... Sh- yeah, nothing to write home about. The only good guy on there is probably like Gallup and like Rex, if he becomes something. Same with Romeo. Better than that, man. Like Mario Mariota ain't going to be a starter in two weeks. So I don't know. Cats could be good. Cats could be shit. It's the same thing every year. So we move on to Rich. Jalen Hurts has all the potential in the world to be, you know... A top five QB again, if not a top three, if not top one. 
just how the way they use him, just how he plays. Trey Lance, very much the same. I mean, Trey Lance should be a top seven fantasy quarterback this year. I don't I don't think he there's no way around it. Just the way that offense is, the way he's used, the type of player he is. I mean, I think Rich has the best quarterbacks in the league, him or Sandy. It's a very, very close toss up to me. I don't have a problem with like I think Sandy gets the edge slightly. But like it just because I haven't seen Trey Lance start. Who's to say Trey Lance comes and he's not a top three fucking fantasy quarterback. You know what I mean? Just runs to that point. But then you move on to Joe Mixon, who I'm a very big fan of. But Clyde Edwards Galera and Josh Jacobs are two guys I've been out on. Just not a fan of it. I don't even think Clyde's the best running back on that team anymore. And I ain't going to try and jerk BG off anymore, but that's who I think it is. Not BG, but he knows. But I think overall that when you have to take a look at Rich's team, the, the quarterbacks are really strong. He had Michael Pittman in a really late round, but what I, I think I would have like, liked to see is because he had to invest so heavily in his QBs and those types of rounds, he, I would have liked if he could have found a way to get Pittman as his wide receiver too. I think that would have been like way better. Uh, I'm not to say that Pittman isn't a wide receiver one. Like he could definitely be a fringe one. But I definitely would have liked if he could have got a little more receiver support. Because Bateman, while he should be good, I just haven't seen it yet. And it's like Mark Andrews is the top target there. Um, and then Chris Olave, there's, you know what I mean? Like he, I think, will actually be very fine. But it's just another one of those things. Like, it's just a risk. You know what I mean? A lot of risk with Rich's team. But it's a, it's a similar outcome that you could end up like BG, where if any of these hit, even if half of them hit, you are sitting in a very pretty position for next year. And I think we were looking after the draft and just looking down Rich's team and seeing some of these options he has for keepers, like Zamir White and whatever round he has him, because I definitely think there's a chance that Josh Jacobs could be in a similar Devin Singletary type of situation this year where anytime he's on the field he's auditioning for another team for next year because I do think that James Cook and Zamir White are two guys who could definitely take over both of those backfields um Traylon Burks definitely was a weird pick at the time but he was a guy I really liked coming out of the draft like really um if he's going to get used, man, like it was like it was said, he's going to be literal crap or he's going to be A.J. Brown. And you just shouldn't waste draft capital like the Titans did, like a first-round pick on someone if you don't plan him to be like that. So it might take a bit, but I think eventually it'll prove dividends. Um, he's going to have three QB1s when Deshaun Watson is back, as long as Deshaun doesn't look like he did in the preseason. And he made a great pick with Calvin Ridley. Um... Yeah, like I said, man, Tim Patrick even next year will come back and will have value as a keeper for somebody because you probably know that Tim Patrick is going to be somewhat relevant in the offense again and you're going to be getting him in a round, like one of the last rounds. So Rich did a good job of setting himself up like in a way that next year at the draft he can make a lot of stuff happen again, but also just kind of going for like a lot of risk-reward situation. And it works for some people. But I think, in my opinion, it was just a bit too much of that like maybe if there was a couple more safer picks on it it would have been maybe the better play but you don't win fantasy by shooting for second place so i respect it last team we're going to be looking at in any wild away waddle 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 don't appear in anything
the Clark walked out, didn't it? So he's got Aaron Rodgers and Jameis Winston. Somehow Jameis got the higher projection. Kind of crazy the times we're living in. But um, I love Clark's team. Like, I'm being honest. It's one. It's top three for me. Uh, you will see that shortly. Aaron Rodgers and Winston, like, in my opinion, this is a very hot take. In our league, because I was looking at it, when I was trying to rank the, everything, I had these guys... It was very close with, like, literally from, like, this ranking to, like, like midway through the ranking. It was very close. It was just, like, your preference. And I had them... The only two teams I had with worse quarterbacks than Clark were Neller and Knack. And every other team, I think I would prefer... Like, people can look at it, and if I'm wrong, tell me. But just my opinion, that was how I was looking at it. His running back's fucking stacked, though. Like, what the hell? When Dobbins comes back... I expect Dobbins to be back to normal. I, like, if you're going to be in this long of a recovery, they shouldn't let him come back unless they know he's 100%. 100 100%, 100%. He's got everything back. Like, obviously, it's a little concerning, the situation right now. It's not what anybody wants to see, but you kind of just got to wait it out. And if it does pan out, there you go. I didn't expect Dobbins to go where he went. But if it pans out, like, having him as an RB3... It's just really fucked up. Really, really good. Then the wide receivers of Mike Evans. Don't have to say much about that. DK Metcalf. Definitely it will be interesting this year. But I don't think he fell that far off of a cliff with Geno. Like, it wasn't like you're going to write home about it. But he at least had some pretty fucking solid games still, I'd say. Right? Like, it was, nah. I think he had a 37 or... Yeah, okay, but I mean, like, he was getting targets, you know what I mean? It's not like they're gonna just completely be shit. I'm a big fan of it. Lazard would probably be the wide receiver right now out there that if you had to pick one, my guy is Romeo, but that's just a risk. If you're gonna go with the safest wide receiver in Green Bay right now, it's Alan Lazard. It's gotta be. Like, he's wide receiver one there. So, like... Having him at wide receiver three, Aaron Rodgers' number one target, it's another stack for Clark. Like, he, the Winston Camaro one could even be fucking really nice for him. Uh, Dalton Schultz, where he got him, was really good value. I can't believe I got Dalton Schultz off FA last year. Like, what the hell? Fuck. Then you got Jalen Waddle at Flex. Um, I would argue that Jalen Waddle is probably Clark's wide receiver three and not Alan Lazard. But either way, you know, whatever, whatever makes your team look more intimidating, Clark, I guess, I guess, whatever makes your team more intimidating at the end of the day, um, and then Bobby Woods, I don't know, like, Clark, his team is strong, and then when you go and look at the bench, and he has fucking the most, like, deep team I've ever seen, he's got Naheem Hines, Jalen Tolbert, Damian Williams, Nicole Hardman, Josh Palmer, Ronald Jones, Samaj P. Ryan, there's gonna be a couple guys to skip, because I don't really care, them but like Keyshawn Vaughn Daryl Henderson he's gonna be like oh you skipped in Wangdu because you want him no well they didn't trade Madison so I don't want that motherfucker no more and then like Logan Thomas even on the IR James Washington when he comes back will be making some noise like a lot of depth on this team Clark you did a good job but I'm gonna go and move on to the rankings this is a long episode. Holy shit. And now it's a party happening. It 
it's time for my power rankings. Bam, bam, bam. So next week, actually in a few days, uh, either on Tuesday or Wednesday, will be the first episode, technically, I guess, week one. Um, I will do the well shit, the predictions, and not power rankings, because you're getting those right now, but I might make a little, like, prediction for champ or whatever. It won't be as long of an episode. Usually the first one, like, after the draft, where I'm reviewing the teams and shit, is always just super long, but, yeah. You know what? Without further ado, let's get into the power rankings. Let's see what we fucking go. Number 12, the dog fuckers. This isn't me saying the dog fuckers can't be a team that absolutely just puts up 400 points. There's a very, like, this is not the, the firepower power rank. This isn't the firepower rankings. Like, they have firepower on this fucking dog fuckers team that you wouldn't fucking believe. I think the main question here is, can these receivers, can these quarterbacks, can George Kittle, can, like, these guys make up for the fact you are missing an RB2 and 3. Can they make up those points? Some weeks they will. Some weeks they won't. And I just want, I'm just not sure how you're going to be able to maneuver and trade for some running backs. The Dark Fuckers are going to be a story all year, man. People are going to be watching them because of this draft. Just to see how they do for the rest of the year. Just because of how this draft went for them. And... It just, to me, really remains to be seen how you turn the team on paper to get a couple more running backs because a lot of people will not do a trade unless they're getting one back. And Sandy doesn't have one to give back if he wants to upgrade them. You know what I mean? So it's a very interesting situation. There's no doubt that Josh Allen and Burrow and the receivers are going to be able to pick up the slack most, like, honestly, probably most weeks there's a good chance that they will make up for at least one of the running backs whether or not they can make up for two running backs, I think is where the question comes into play. It's very tough to rank somebody, especially when the teams are as close as they are, when you don't have the running back power that others do, which is why um, I think we're going to lose week one to the fuckers. This isn't just because me. Like, I honestly think that week one is a very fucking good-looking week for some of these receivers. Um, so, yeah, we'll see how it goes. I'm praying, but no promises, right? The fuckers could probably give it to us. 11, we got Rich. And I think, like I said, like there was just a bit too much risk with Richard's team for me to be in on it um, at this point in the year. Just no, like, who knows? In six weeks, even, this team could be a top five team, top four team, top three team. You know what I mean? But right now, with the way these teams are so close, the current state of the league, if you're going to go with risk off the fucking hop, it's tough for me to, tough for me to go like all in on it. Um, not to say it's not going to work. It's very tough to do power rankings after the draft. Very, very tough. It took me a long time to just make these final decisions. But, like, it's not even, like, opposed to say that, like, some of these guys don't pop off. Traylon Burks can literally be an A.J. Brown. You know, some of these guys can, can Trey Lance can go be a fucking QB, top five QB. There's all these things like like Rashad Bateman can be a top twenty wide receiver, you know what I mean? There's there's same with Olave, and if any of this stuff happens, then you are literally sitting very pretty. But because it hasn't been seen yet, I just can't put him over the other teams. Think it's a reasonable decision, but I definitely I don't like. There's not a single team right now that I look at it and I'm like, there's no way this team doesn't make the playoffs. Like I even think there's a genuine chance that Sandy's team has a chance at the playoffs just because. 
there's no doubt that they will be able to make up some points. It's just how many will they be able to make up weekly? That's the main question here. And you know what I mean? Like, that's just with these two teams here. It's just I think I would honestly have riches just because he has more RB stability. He has, you know what I mean? And it's like not to say that his team will score more points at the start of the year. But there will eventually come a point. Like, what, hap- what if something happens to these, one of these wide receivers on Sandy's team, too? You can't just, you know what I mean, like handcuff a wide receiver. It doesn't work that way. So, kind of just how I look at it. But at number 10, we got Furley. Um, main reason there is just those Jets running backs. I just don't have them on the level that I do Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Melvin, Javante, some of these other guys. That's pretty much my reasoning there. If it does work out for him, he'll be a really dangerous team because of his wide receivers and how stacked they are. But as of right now, I'm just going to keep it right there. Uh, Number nine, we got Neller. Main reason is probably the receivers. I'm not sold on that. Uh, He's going to have to win a lot of games off the rep with Gibby and just take as much advantage as he can with Gibson and just run with it before B-Rob gets back and then see how his team's looking at that point and try to do something. Because besides that, when Gibby starts losing value and, you know, anything else can happen, it's when you really have to worry about it. But for now, I think Neller's in a pretty, like, solid spot where he can make a decent run. Just got to see what he does in the future. That's pretty much all that is. Then we're going down to number eight. Not going to get into what much put me there. Um, sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. I put Legro at number seven, and it's just, from this point on, I got really tight. Like, I couldn't make a lot of these choices. It was really close. I like Legro's team top to bottom. There's not much I would change. It's just, I think, some some type of, like, upside is where I'm going to lean on the other teams. But that's just honestly kind of where I'm looking at it. It's just mostly, like... Who's to say that Rashad Penny, you know, completely holds on to a job? And there's a lot of things like that down down the line. But off the rip, it's just that flex too that kind of scares me. Like, I know he has other guys that he could probably slot in there. But I don't know. I was never huge on Devontae Parker. And I'm not huge on the Pats passing game. So that probably is what it, what it is. But I think he has done a good job at like top to bottom because he can find a, another good flex to pair with Pollard because like Pollard is no weak flex yeah then then we're look we're looking pretty dangerous here but he's a playoff team I would take his team over mine as a compliment right there right I didn't say my team's better than yours legs so don't come at me sideways you know what I mean it's preference you probably got you at one and you know what I respect it I respect it Coming in at number six, I put Moose. Um, main thing here is flexes are kind of what I'm not exactly sold on, but I think that he's going to have a lot of options to fix those because of just the immense depth he has. This guy's a couple injuries away from this team being able to completely take over again. Um, obviously, Amonra is another guy I'm not completely sold on. Um, Tony and McKissick, like they're good flexes, don't get me wrong, but it's not something I'm going to write home about. It's not a terrible team, but like we've definitely seen Moose have a lot stronger teams in the past. Um, but then again, right? Like Moose had very strong keepers. I'm not gonna knock the keepers, but it's like you can't really compare Kadarius, Kadarius Tony, to where he had Justin Jefferson last year. Like Mike Williams is similar, but Justin Jefferson was still a fucking top three wide receiver. Like the guy was on a different level. And that's why, like you know what I mean. So. 
it's not a terrible team. This is a playoff team. And it can definitely become top three because he has the depth for it. Has the ability to do whatever he wants. Kind of just how I see it. Two QB1s, in my opinion. So, I'm not going to even be that upset about it. I think that there's a very good fucking chance that Moose could even be a top four team, right? So, not opposed to it. But then at number five, we got Benny. Uh, Benny's team is honestly solid, but like the like again, like the one thing that scares me is just the flexes, like Robbie Anderson and Jacoby Myers. Like they're solid, but they're not exactly like guys that you know I'm all in on. Just because Patriots brought in Devontae Parker, and then the Panthers just from a hole, like Robbie Anderson just fell off a cliff last year. So like I don't know what to really expect with him. Um, and maybe partly is because I think I would probably play George Pickens or even Jarvis Landry in there. Um. But he has options, right? And it's not even Curtis Samuel, for all we know. It may be very bold to play him off the start, but at least he has a couple guys that he can go to and switch it up. But the team, other than that, is just stacked. He has the Mahomes-Kelsey stack. He has Debo Samuel. He has Saquon Barkley. He has fucking Ezekiel Elliott. He has Keenan Allen. There was just way too much stuff here that like the team can put up way too many big... Like Mahomes and Kelsey right there can be 100 points for you every week. Like, very, very easily, they can give you 100. Like, Travis Kelsey fucking absolutely is just going to get you, at the very fucking least, just be getting you 21 points as a tight end. At the very, like, that's a shit game for Kelsey. And then when you look at Mahomes, I mean, the guy who's fucking literally, the amount of times he hit over 70 points last year was, oh, I thought he hit it three times, but it was two. I must have been thinking of a different fucking guy. But he still hit over 50 points. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 times. So, just like that, there should be at least fucking... Yeah, I don't know, man. There's just like the stacks are what really gets me fucking horned up. But Saquon's a guy I'm all in on this year. Absolutely. You know i very biased of me, but it's just how I am with him. Um, same with Devin Singletary. So, like... It's honestly just how I like kind of guys, right? But I think Benny did a really good job again. Team should easily be in the fucking playoffs. Just got to avoid the injuries. At number four, I put BG. Um, Pretty much like the depth, I think, honestly, on BG's team is good. And I think just to have a team right now off the rip that's, that's solid is important because this is a team that's going to get better as the year progresses and if you're going to be already good like pretty solid when the year starts and you're only going to get better that's kind of dangerous there's a bunch of guys on the bench that are going to be able to produce as the season goes on so and it's not like he doesn't have the firepower already up the rip right like he's got my favorite stack with Lamar and Andrews he has Diggs he has Jamar Chase he has Derrick Henry Elijah Mitchell when he plays gets points but like that kind of remains to be seen how we can manage injuries because it's kind of like you gotta really hope that Jordan Mason which is what I've heard but you gotta hope he is that guy right but I would say even if Elijah Mitchell's gonna get the majority of work I would still say you're gonna see other running backs sprinkled in and there's a good chance that there's gonna be a lot of guys in there that we haven't heard of just how the Niners work at number three I'm gonna put Knack uh I think Knack's got a pretty fucking good team. There's definitely a chance that uh, the quarterbacks hold him back a bit. 
but I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think when you look at what he's got going on the team, like, there's no doubt that this is a playoff team. He has fucking unbelievable running backs. The wide receivers could all fucking be top 12 for all we know. And there's good fucking, like, I'm not even opposed to the depth. So Nak has a fucking stacked team, but mainly the running backs are what wins it over for me there. Can't lie. Number two, I gave it to the Clawman Do. Clarky, I'm a big fan of Clarky's team. Another reason is just I probably think Clark has the best depth in the league. Him or the number one team. But Clarky's team is fucking really deep. And Clarky's team, there's not much I would change on it. Like, obviously the QBs aren't that good, but they're good enough to win them games. This is probably the highest I've seen Clark on the rankings in a while. So, you know what? Good on him. In number one is the slinky doo-doo. Trinky poo-poo. And the guy just did a good job. So, you know what? And he has unbelievable depth still. Trons always seems to do it. So, I'm not going to even hate on the kid. Did it again. Congrats. But I'm not going to suck his horn no more. Week one's around the corner. Next episode will be out in a few days. Until then, stay crazed, babes.